Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening, welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. My name is uh, Chris, and with me as ever, I have got Mark. Hello. And I've got Emma. Hi. How you guys doing? You're right. Good, Good, thank you. Excellent. Uh, We should be talking this week about the FA Cup earlier on in the week, uh, a bit of Champions League, some Luis Figo, and this week's Premier League uh, matches. We'll be predicting those as well. But first of all, Mark, you went to, where did you go the weekend? What football team did you see? I uh, was lucky enough to watch, uh, I went to um, New Douglas Park in Hamilton to watch Academical play Aberdeen on Sunday. And how did that work out? That was not a bad game, actually. Um, the first game I've seen in the flesh for Donkey's Years that was played on AstroTurf, but obviously the new generation AstroTurf, not the, the house carpet that used to get places like Kenilworth Road and Loftus Road. So yeah, it was a good game. Aberdeen won 3-0. Um, should have been about 7 or 8-0, but... Uh, and a, and a goal of over the line of um, Frank Lampard-esque quality that wasn't given um, was about three feet in, but and because they don't have the goal line technology in Scotland. But so who was, was that? Who was that for? Who, who missed out on that then? Uh, it was um, Adam Rooney of Aberdeen who was the unlucky party. He's a relation, isn't he? Not of you. No, of I don't think he is. If Not he, Adam Rooney. No, there is a Rooney that plays, isn't there? That's his younger brother or something, isn't it? Graham Rooney, I think. I think Adam Rooney's completely unrelated. Is he? Like Duncan and Alan Shearer? Exactly. Well, fair enough. Okay. Uh, Right, we will talk first of all about the FA Cup. Uh, Preston against Manchester United finished 3-1 to United, though they had a bit of a scare, didn't they? Preston took the lead. Um, It was a bouncy atmosphere there, wasn't it? And it was one of those nights where you kind of thought something could happen. Um... They took the lead through, I can't remember the guy's first name, but Led took the lead, and then um, Led scored for them. And then it was Ander Herrera, uh, Flaney, and then Rooney with his rather contentious penalty afterwards. You saw this one. Yep, we watched it. Yeah, what did you think? Um, you, I think, like you said, I think it's kind of as we as the British public usually do go for the underdog and with the atmosphere and things. You did think that Preston would get something. Well, you didn't think, you'd hoped, I think. You hoped they would get something. But I think it, it just, United's class, I think, just outshone in the end. I've seen Van Gaal come out and say it was the amazing attitude of the players. I'm not entirely sure that's what I would have called it. I think it was just the difference between Premier League players and the Preston players. No, well, Blint had his little slip at the start, didn't he? Nearly did a Gerard. <laughs> um, I thought Blint played really, really well. He does. He's he's one of their unsung heroes this season, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, do you think it was a penalty for Rooney? Yeah, I think so. 
I think so as well. I think he was going so fast that keeper would have clattered him if he'd hit him. So I think he was jumping out of the way for his own protection. Plus, as he jumped out of the way, he lost. You know, he was away from the ball then, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think just because um, you know the goalkeeper shouldn't have been going into it anyway, so it was more, you know, whether he caught Rooney or not, he shouldn't have been doing it. You shouldn't not be not be punished because you've managed to sort of just miss the player. Do you know what I mean? If mm. the intent is not necessarily intent to hurt the player, but if the intent to go into a bad tackle is there, that should still be punished. Yeah. I think so as well. I think it's a foul. Preston fourteen shots compared to United's five. Um so they were on the back foot for most of the game, weren't they? Yeah, I think so. Did you see this Mark? I didn't. I listened to it. On the, I was travelling back from Scotland actually on Monday night, so I only heard uh, the second half in the car. But um, just from what they were saying on the commentary, it sounded like um, United again struggled to break Preston down. Preston had, had a few opportunities in the first half. Obviously, took the lead in the second. Uh, was it in the second half they took the lead, or was it before half time? It was just at the start of the second half, I think. Start of the second half, yeah. Um, and maybe just a little bit of class and fitness or whatever told at the end, but. Um, I think, again, I think it illustrates that United are far from being um, rehabilitated, let's say, if if people want to say that Moyes took them so far backwards. I don't think Van Gaal's taken them a whole for, further forwards than they were last year. No. Um, so the quarter-final lineup is Bradford, Reading, uh, Aston Villa, West Bromwich Albion, Liverpool, Blackburn and Manchester United, Arsenal. I suppose the United Arsenal game sticks out amongst the others, doesn't it? Um, it does. I think um, I think Villa, Villa West Brom could be a cracker for obvious reasons, but I also think that you've got two man, two managers newly in the the job there who could make them inst- make themselves instant heroes by getting mm. to Wembley, for the, even if it's just for the semi final. Yeah, uh, and obviously Bradford Reading Bradford probably got the the whole country behind them now after what they've done the last two rounds. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, okay, so the Champions League this week. Uh, Tuesday night was PSG 1, Chelsea 1. Edison Cavani scored for PSG and Ivanovic scored for Chelsea. Um, that's Ivanovic's fifth goal this season and 50th career goal. He's a very underrated player for them, isn't he? I don't think he is. I think everybody appreciates how good he is. And I don't think he's a natural right back. I think he wasn't he always a, a centre back who who ended up playing there when Chelsea were a bit short. Yeah, I think he plays centre back for um, Serbia as well, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I don't think he is unappreciated or, or the unsung hero. Probably he, he's in ninety percent of people's fantasy football teams. So that tells you something. Yeah, uh, that was a great that was a great sort of defensive combination for the goal, wasn't it? Terry Cross, Cahill flick on Ivanovic scores. Yeah, even better in the second half when um, Terry and was it Azpilicueta kept the ball out of the net with double deflection to keep it at 1-1. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can't remember the last time because they scored from a header, didn't they? Um, Cavani scored from a header. He had that near post header that Courtois saved. Ibrahimovic had the downward header that Courtois saved at the end. I can't remember the last time Chelsea were beaten in the air this much. Hmm. I don't know what you guys think, but I think um, Gary Cahill's looked woefully um, out of position on many occasions in recent games. 
I don't know. He said I don't know if he was suspended or injured or just dropped or whatever. But um, he's look he's looked kind of the weakest link a little bit in that defence lately, and I think he was a little bit at fault for the goal, but also uh, he looked like he was out of position a lot of times. Yeah. Um, PSG fourteen shots compared to uh, Chelsea having just the two. Mm. So they did dominate. Did you see this one, Emma? Yeah. What do you reckon? I um, I wasn't I I wasn't overly impressed with Chelsea at all. I sort of expected them to go and do better things. Whether that is just um, just the plan, and then when they bring it back to Stamford Bridge, will sort of be dominant. But I didn't think it was the most exciting game I've seen for a long time. Do you both expect Chelsea to go through still? Yeah, I would have thought so. Mm-hmm. I think they've got the better class ac- across the whole uh, whole team, the whole squad. Um, but PSG gave them a good game, and I think if they'd gone 2-1 up to take to Stamford Bridge, I don't think Chelsea could have complained, because I think second half PSG put them under a lot of pressure, yeah. and Chelsea did well to come out with a draw. Um, the Chelsea fans on the tube, I think we've all seen this footage, haven't we? The guy tries to get on the... Uh, on the train and they throw him off and they sing we're racist and that's the way we like it I think Chelsea have issued a couple of banning orders today haven't they really yeah yeah and this afternoon they have it's a bit difficult this isn't it because they stood by John Terry when he was found guilty of um, racist actions and he's still their club captain mm. it's it's a little bit odd how they um, can come out so strongly against it this time I mean I don't suppose they've got any choice have they no, and it was quite quite amusing yesterday when the footage first came out. Um, the on different blogs and Twitter accounts and this, that, and the other, how many completely ridiculous excuses and explanations came out um, to try and say that this actually wasn't as it seemed, you know? And it was it was like um, they brought in the defence lawyer of Luis Suarez to try and make up the bullshit that they were coming out with some of these. I assume Chelsea fans, not Chelsea the club. The Chelsea the club did everything exactly as they should, and really, you know, how could just because they're Chelsea fans, you know, it's not necessarily a Chelsea problem. It's a it's a society problem, isn't it? And it could have been any team that who who had this, you know, occur with their fans. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was to me. I think it looked exactly like it seemed. I don't think there was any other any other explanation for what we saw there. I don't think so either. I mean, the fact that people come out and say they're not real football fans, but they are really, aren't they? They're, I mean, they're the they're the away fans. They're the hardcore support that pay the money to go and see them, aren't they? They're, they're definitely well, football fans. You can be a football fan and racist, just as can. much as you could be a football fan and not racist. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just funny whether again whether it's Chelsea or not, but just using Chelsea example, if they're celebrating their racism and and their their beliefs on that kind of thing, yeah, almost certainly they'll be. You know, hanging their drug bar legend banners at um, Stamford Bridge, or singing about um, you know Ramirez or Willian or, so, or or somebody from another country, and how much they love them and everything else. It's just the the hypocrisy involved in all of that. Yeah, exactly. Did you? What did you make of it, Emma? Um, well, you know, I thought it was awful, and they they've handed out banning orders, which obviously they have to do. Is that seen as the punishment? But Will it stop them going out to somewhere like Paris again next season? No, probably not. Will it stop them going and supporting them 
you know, in Manchester in a few weeks, a few months, probably not. It doesn't stop you, that culture. Those those blokes that did it aren't going to just sit at home and think, oh, well, I'm banned from Stamford Bridge. I'm not going to be a Chelsea fan. I'm going to stay at home on Saturday afternoons now. If anything, you're giving them less of a purpose to go out and they'll spend the extra two hours in the pub. Or they'll go see somebody else. Exactly. It's not... As much as, obviously, I agree that they need to be, you know, punished... I don't think just giving them a banning order is in any way enough. Hmm. Because I don't think it does anything, really. No. Okay. Uh, also on Tuesday night was Shakhtar, Donetsk, nil, uh, Bayern Munich, nil. Yeah, this one was quite an interesting one because, obviously, Donetsk can't play their games in the city because it's uh, it's under shellfire and, and uh, whatever because of the war there. So it's played in Lviv in the western Ukraine, which meant that Bayern Munich had less distance to travel to the match than Shakhtar did. Mm-hmm. Um, did anybody see this one or the highlights of this one? No. No, didn't see this. Quite a feisty little game. Um, Frank Ribery was involved in a couple of incidents. He was elbowed in one, and on the other one, he was uh, lying on the ground, having made a tackle, and someone booted the ball up his ass. He wasn't very happy with either of them, as you can understand. Xabi uh, Alonso sent off for his 100th Champions League appearance. Um, the two yellows and there were 35 fouls all in all seven yellows it kind of tells you what the game was about really Bayern the 64% possession rate so Shakhtar did well to sort of absorb all the play uh, or absorb all the play and they still got other Brazilians there despite what's going on mm. it sounds like well I mean Bayern can almost certainly handle themselves but it sounds to me like Shakhtar did a destroying job on Bayern to at least keep them in the tie for the second leg yeah, I mean, we've seen before when they played against City with only 10 men um, by and they can do it, can't they? Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday night, what do we have? We have Basel 1, Porto 1, Gonzalez uh, scored for um, Basel and Danilo scored a penalty for Porto. This was quite a uh, a controversial game because the referee was, does anybody know? No. It was Mark Clattenburg. I knew you were going to say Mark Clattenburg. <laughs> Uh, this is after he's been in, uh, criticised by Antonio Conte last season when he was at Juve. But he booked nine players. Um, one booking was actually quite funny. The, the player was fouled, and as he lay on the ground, he did the old waving of the imaginary yellow card. So uh, Clattenbard booked him instead, mm. which is good to see. Uh, he definitely had a Porto goal two minutes into the second half for offside. What happened was is the... Um, uh, I can't remember who it was, but the Porto player shot, scored, and went after to celebrate, and it looked like a goal for all in the world. Plattenberg pointed to the centre circle. Um, and it was only about a minute or so later, when all the players had finished celebrating, that you could see Plattenberg talking to Kevin Friend, the fifth official. Who oh. was right, uh, or, uh. He's, he's horrendous. Well, that just sums up whatever you're going to say next. It no, sums it up because he was talking to Kevin Friend. Right, Kevin Friend pointed out rightfully that there were two Porto players offside blocking the goalkeeper's view, so the goal was disallowed. Ugh. Kevin Friend, Kevin Friend gave up his afternoon one day to come and referee Truro City versus QPR. He was on the beach in Perenporth. <laughs> I just don't like him. <laughs> I think it's his name annoys me even more because he's not our friend. Kevin Unfriend. Yeah. Even though we got this right. Block, delete. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he got this right. Yeah. Oh, you're a meanie. 
He also gave a penalty against Walter Samuel for handball, which is what Porto scored from. Walter Samuel's still playing? Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. He must be about 106. He played against Liverpool in the Champions League. Wow. He did look old, and he, he's still Walter Samuel. <laughs> Do what Walter Samuel does. Mm. Um, Barnes had one shot, which obviously they scored from. Porto had 15. Bring in mind, this is their away game. And, of course, we also had half an hour of charisma, which was always worthy of watching. And then we also had Schalke nil, Real Madrid 2. Um, Ronaldo and um, Marcello scored. Uh, Ronaldo, a couple of stats for you. He scored 58 goals in 58 Champions League games so far. Uh, he's more scored more than that, hasn't he? Because he's going for the record. Right. He scored 70. There's a crap stat for you. I'm going to delete that one out. Uh, but he has scored 12 straight uh, away games in the Champions League. Uh, he's a he's a canny player. He's not bad. And he's got with his head. He's a very underrated header of the ball, isn't he? He's possibly one of the best players in the air in the world. He's very good, isn't he? But there was talk before the game of a goal drought for him because he hadn't scored in three games. Three <laughs> Drop games. Him. Drop him, fine him, sell him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jan Klaas Huntelaar was injured during the match and Real Madrid have now won their last ten straight Champions League games. They're looking good, aren't they? They are. That's why we get you on here, for your insight. <laughs> <laughs> Real Madrid in good team shocker. Yeah, I'm just... No, I was reading um, the stats for 58 goals and 58 Champions League games. That's something else. It is, isn't it? It's pretty good. Um, other news this week, we've got Luis Figo. Uh, he unveiled his manifesto today at Wembley. I think that was quite a well-chosen spot to do it. He's running for the... Presidency of FIFA. Has anybody seen this? Mm-hmm. I saw him speaking. He's proposed a 48-team World Cup. Uh, greater technology, sin bins, the old offside rule, so it doesn't matter if you're interfering or not. Um, so that would have done your friend, Mr. Friend, the other day, Emma. <laughs> and um, 50% of FIFA's revenues to be spent on grassroots. Yeah, he's got some very noble ideas. The, the, the 48-team World Cup one... Not, I'm not so sure about that, but um, you know, I, I can see what he's trying to do there. He's trying to appeal to the lesser nations who never get to one mm. for their votes. Um, the old offside rule, well, the most recent old offside rule, I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. I think they, there needs to be more clarity on this whole, you know, active and inactive and all that nonsense. It needs to be if you're offside, you're offside, full stop. Uh, if anybody's offside, and then that's that clears up any. Um, misunderstandings or, or inaccuracies in the application of the law. And um, what else did he say? Technology. I think in some instances, technology is good. Uh, the sim bins, I think that's an idea that should be trialed somewhere, somehow. Um, you just got to decide for how long and what reasons. And so I think he, also, he sounds very noble and, and, you know, you remember him from being a great player and he seemed like quite a, a decent player. He wasn't a, and a, a snide and when he was on the pitch I don't think he's renowned for being that so you know I think he would be the people's choice but whether he would actually get voted or not I, I doubt he may not get the Catalan vote well maybe not um, the only problem is he's running against other people who are also standing against Blatter you, you think the anti-Blatter vote is going to get a bit, a bit divided don't you it still might you know you get um, people dropping out of you know, when they have, like, the, the, the political party 
contests to be the leader. You usually have five or six entrants in the beginning and then eventually one by one, if you drop out and they put their weight and their supporters behind somebody else, it would probably happen in this too. So eventually there'll be two uh, people and whether he's one of them or not, it's hard to say. Yeah. What do you make of these, Emma? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Mark. I don't think the larger World Cup would be something the bigger nations would be interested in. I can't imagine it would be the most exciting thing to watch. I'm quite excited by that. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because what do you see? You see at the World Cup, the 32-team World Cup at the moment, you can, for the most part, the first 25 or so teams are the same 25 you normally get. It's only the sort of last sort of five or six teams that are a surprise. So to see the, a load of other teams, the players you've never seen before and kits you've never seen before, I'd be, I think it'd be quite good. I think... I I think... Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I think one benefit of that is that nowadays the, the disparity between the top 16 teams or 20 teams and the rest of the world is nowhere near as, as much as it used to be even 20 years ago. So you get a lot of good teams who... who don't make the World Cup or perhaps never make the World Cup, whether they're from Africa or Europe. So in a way, I can see I can see why 48 teams would be a good tournament because there are a, a lot of t- decent teams around now. So, but he did say that none of those extra places or very few would go to Europe. Well, quite right for him. We've already got enough, haven't we? I mean, there's it, it, you think somewhere like India, where you've got a billion people living and they've never been to a World Cup. Yeah, because about three people play football there. <laughs> that, be, no, it would be a, like that. That's an extreme example, India, to be to go into the World Cup. But you know, there are probably more African and let's say um, reasonably good Asian nations and Middle East nations who who don't make the World Cup. But if you're going to expand to a 48 team uh, tournament, there'll be some Asian teams that don't make it, for example who will be on a par with one or two of the Europeans that do. Mm. Uh, just to let you know, the Kolkata Derby in India got 148,000 people recently. Yeah, but when you consider that about 20 million people live in Kolkata, then... No, Col- not... Kolkata. No, it's always going to be Calcutta. No, it's no, always no, going no. to be Bombay. It's, it's always the... going to be Madras. It's a different place. It's not Calcutta. It's Kolkata. It's the other side of the country. No, no, Kolkata is Calcutta. No, it's not. Is it? No. It's this. T- it is. It's with a K. Yes, Kolkata yeah. is the more is the original the the um uh the what do you call it the Indianized version of Calcutta. It's the same place, same way as Chennai is modern day Madras. It's the same place. They just changed all the names about ten years ago. Mumbai is Bombay. Well, they still had 148,000 people there for the derby. Even though they moved to the other side of the country. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're a hipster, that's your problem. I mean, I've only been there, so... (laughs) Well, I'm looking at it on a map. (laughs) Right, okay. So it's only about 2,000 miles between the two. That's about five centimetres on what I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, Emma, you get the last word, sorry, because you were going to say something. Um, I was going to say, the more technology, I would really, really think it's time that refs get mic'd up because I think it works so well in other sports and it would perhaps diffuse a lot of tension and things that I think it's 
something that would be well worth looking into, whether that's what he means by more technology or what he means by more technology. But there's something I definitely think should happen. Yeah. You'd have to have every game run after the watershed, though. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on to the championship. It's been an interesting week in the championship. Um, a couple of games this week. Birmingham drew with Borough, uh, 10-man Borough. Uh, Rotherham drew three with Derby, and plus a couple of other games as well. So you've now got Borough top on 60 points. Um, your friend Emma Bournemouth second on 59. Derby third on 59 as well. So it's all quite tight at the top, but... Birmingham could possibly pay, face a points reduction. This sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Um, as a parent company goes into receivership. Sound familiar, Emma? Yep. Fair's fair. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> if you get it, everybody gets it. Yep. Uh, and Brentford have decided at the end of the season they're going to part ways with Mark Warburton. The owner wants to go down more of a sort of moneyball, stats-based director of football um, re- play recruitment policy. Warburton doesn't really want that. So he's going to go at the end of the season. He's done wonders for them this last year or so. But I'm hoping QPR are keeping tabs on this because I think he'll be pretty good. Mm, I think I'll yeah. be keeping an eye on him. It's just it's just craziness, chairman, thinking that they know better than football people. Again, you know, and if they do get promoted and or, or even if they come close and expect a challenge again next year and they get rid of Warburton or, or decide not to sign him on a longer contract, whatever it is they're doing... Um, I kind of hope that it blows up in their face. Not well, for the Brentford fans, but for the stupidity of the chairman doing something like this. Well, neither of them are football people, are they? Um, both owner and Warburton are um, a, a city stockbrokers by trade, aren't they? Well, but why would you get rid of somebody if they know what they're doing? Because you feel you could run it in a better way. I mean, it's his club. And I think, you... Yeah, I know, but I think the history of Brentford says that, you, that that's not really... Uh, something that has has been a long tradition. I think you have to stick, you know, while the while the sunshine make hay while the sun shines, I think is what I trying what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Why would you wanna why would you wanna disturb something that's working it? That's just it's just stupid. But at the same time it's quite pioneering, isn't it? There's not many moneyball football teams out there. It works well in a lot of sports. Um I well I think a lot of people are trying it. Hmm. Or trying to make that work, um, whether they're doing it or not successfully is another matter. But if if he's only the but the best way to 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 do it is to get into the Premier League and to try and sustain that position in the Premier League. And the only way you do that is on the field. So you want your the people who get you there to stay there. Yeah. Surely, I mean that. Why why change a winning formula? No, I understand. I was just. I was playing a little bit devil's advocate, but also at the same time, I do think that it's something that um, hasn't really been explored. And it'd be quite interesting to see a club try it and see how they get on. I know John Henry is a big Moneyball fan with the Red Sox, but I am quite glad he's not trying it at Liverpool. Yet. Yet. As yet, yeah. Okay, um, so has anybody got any other... Sorry, you're giggling at the back there. (laughs) What? No, I'm um, on the BBC Sport website. I've just clicked on something that's making a lot of noise. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> it's all right, it's gone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, did anybody see Anderson this week in Brazil? Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> Emma, what's wrong? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 
Right. Have you found your boyfriend's secret account? <laughs> no. I just my BBC website's being very un BBC and is very in my face at the moment. It's been right wing and Yeah, it's really admit, good. Emma Emma admit it it's not the BBC website. <laughs> I'm just trying to get the fixtures up so I can be ready for the next part of the show. <laughs> hmm. Has somebody not deleted their browsing history? No, this is my laptop. No one else's. Have you not deleted? Is this the problem? <laughs> oh, we'll talk... Right, I'm fine. I'm happy now. I'm calm. All right, excellent. Well, we'll talk about Anderson for a second. Did anybody see him get subbed this week? I know. I saw the picture of him on um, on an oxygen mask on the subs bench afterwards. Do you know what minute he was subbed on? No. It was the 36th minute. <laughs> he lasted that long? Yeah. And Brazilian football's hardly the quickest. No, I mean, unless it was extremely humid where he was playing or something. Well, it is the summertime, so that's possible, but still. Pretty appalling, isn't it? Didn't he miss a penalty on his debut? I don't know. I've not really been paying attention. I think it is something like that. Uh, anyway, we come to the um, part of our podcast now where we predict this weekend's forthcoming Premier League fixtures. Uh, we go through each and every single one of them, and for every correct uh, one we predict, we get a point. Um, we predict either a win, a loss, or a draw. Uh, we also have our double points as well. Um, this is where we have to scour, or I scour the European leagues, try and find something a little bit interesting, and we predict the actual score for this. Um, and if you get it right, you get double points. Currently, I am at 89 points, bringing at the rear. Mark is at 93 points, and Emma is in the lead still on 94. So, our double points fixture this week is in Greece, and it's Panathinaikos versus Olympiakos. This is first v second. Olympiakos first on 58 points. Panathinaikos second on 52. Um, and Panathinaikos at home with Luke Steele in goal. Mm. Olympiakos, Olympiakos coached by Vita Pereira and they've got Matroglu and Ibrahim Arafalai. They're about the only two players I can pronounce on their team. Mm. You're doing well. <laughs> what do you reckon, Mark? Um... I think that I will say it's going to be Panathinaikos 1, Olympiakos 3. So you're going Panathinaikos 1, Olympiakos 3. Emma, what do you reckon? I am going to go for a 2 draw. Okay, I am going to go for Panathinaikos 2, Olympiakos 1. Okay, uh, right, so... First fixture this week. I don't think there's any t- quarter to one fixtures this week, so they're all three o'clock. So the first one is Aston Villa versus Stoke. This is Tim Sherwood's first game for Aston mm. Villa. Statistically, there's always some kind of positive impact whenever there's a new manager. Are we mm. going to get that this time? Possibly. Um, Stoke are drifting a little bit, aren't they? Just somewhere in the middle of the table they don't seem to be pushing on and they're obviously nowhere near in danger of going down and you know I don't like Tim Sherwood I don't rate him very much but um, I'm sure you know, as he said the the new manager thing might might actually do them some good this weekend so I think I might go for a Villa win he's like Harry Redknapp about 30 years ago isn't he yeah and you know that there's enough people on things like Twitter who th- who, who love Sherwood for throwing his gilet around you know that. I don't, as I said, I'm not. A, I'm not a particular fan, but maybe it'll do Villa some good in the short term. 
Yeah, I can understand that. Aston Villa scored eight goals at home all season. Mm. And they've lost four out of five in the league. But I think they might win this one because the manager effect. So I'm going to go Aston Villa. What did you did you say? Some the result, Mark? A uh, Villa. You're going Villa as well. What do you reckon, Emma? Yeah, I'm going to go for new manager syndrome. Yeah. Okay, okay. But I'm so glad Tim Sherwood is managing because I hate him so much and he annoyed me so much when he was a pundit that at least now he's out at Villa. He won't. I can I can turn off when the Villa press conference is coming. Why don't you like him? Uh, I'm so he just annoys me. He just really annoys me. For what? He's just one of those. He just. I can't describe. I just can't describe it. It just annoys me. Just an irrational he did hate. When he was at Spurs, and he even more when he then started popping up on TV everywhere. This is one of these sort of celebrity rational hatreds. Is that right? Yeah, and then he was getting linked to every job, and now he's a villa. Good luck to him. <laughs> you don't mean that, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is the Battle of the Mourinho's. Uh, Joe Day versus the Ginger Mourinho. Chelsea versus Burnley. <laughs> I think the Portuguese one might come off best in this. Best offence versus the worst defence. Yeah. As, as if anybody needed any convincing to choose Chelsea for that one. So, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yep. Emma. Chelsea. Chelsea as well. Okay. Um, this could be quite interesting. Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. Um, Wilshere and Chamberlain could be back for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure about Palace and how they are at the minute. I've seen them a couple of times since Bargie took over and I'm not... I don't see them having improved that much. They've lost one in six in the league. Mm, I still, uh, like, I watched them play Everton and Everton won, but Palace, both teams were dross. But, you know, Palace just looked like they could still be playing now and they wouldn't score. Mm. Arsenal won the last four meetings. Jednak's a doubt um, for Palace and Sonego, of course, can't play because he's on loan from Arsenal. Yeah, I th- I'm going to go for Arsenal because they usually start their late season run to finish fourth round about now, so this should help them kick on. Yeah, okie dokie. Emma? Yeah, I'm going to have to go for an Arsenal win as well. Are you? Mm. Oh, Palace have got the worst defence in the league and Arsenal um, have got the third best defence, funnily enough. But I am going to go for Palace. I think. Hopefully, with a last-minute goal, which means Pardew and Wenger renew acquaintances. Hull <laughs> <laughs> uh, QPR. Hull... Uh, uh, on a downward spiral, QPR a resurgent after that away victory against Sunderland. This this is a desperate game, isn't it? On paper, I tell you what, they're not a very inspiring choice of fixtures this week, are they? No, but then Holland QPR is an important fixture, and it doesn't have to be the two glamour clubs to be of interest, really. But this, I think, this will be a real scrap. But maybe a, like a nil-nil draw, one-one, maybe. So I'm going to go for a draw. Okay, okay, what do you reckon, Emma? Um, I will be brave and go for QPR. <gasps> Are you? Yeah. Oh, I like you. <laughs> um, both teams are terrible defences, but also pretty bad attacking as well. 
So it's a very hard one to predict. 16 versus 17th as well. So I am going to go for... I'm going to go for a draw as well. But I hope you're right, Emma. <laughs> Uh, Sunderland versus West Bromwich Albion. Now, Gus Poyer has written an open letter to the fans this week. Has anybody seen this? Heard about it. Yeah, he's asked them to stay positive, stay together. Um, he knows he's had their differences, but could they still be friends? Stuff like that. This was the same manager that said that they should be getting down to the ground to see Stephen Gerrard's farewell game the last time he'll play at Sunderland. He did, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Sunderland lost four out of the last six in the league. Hmm. Uh, do you know what? I, I, and West Brom are starting to pick up with the Pulis thing. And I'm going to go for West Brom. And if, if they do win, and if they win quite comfortably, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Poet gets the bullet afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah, I think the Sunderland fans are turning against a big style. So it wouldn't be a shock if that made its way to the boardroom either if they lose. A bit late now, though, for the January transfer window. No, well, yeah, you can't you can't sign any. But again, if you can bring in somebody with a bit of proven nous uh, and who's going to be able to get them going again for the um, remember there still are twelve games of the season left. But if you don't start doing something quick, if you start if you're in a spiral as Sunderland are starting to to do and as they tend to do this time every year, then it, you know there's no point. What are you going to do? You're going to hang on to Poyet and go down? No, I suppose so. So uh, I think if if they lose, I think. This is the time when they might do it. Okay, Sunderland have only won two out of their fourteen home games, um, and West Brom have only lost once in ten Premier League games versus Sunderland. Mm. So I'm going to go for West Brom as well. Emma. Yeah, I'm going to go for West Brom. You're going for them as well, are you? Okie dokie. Um, Swansea versus Manchester United. This is the Ashley Williams could have called, killed Robin van Persie derby. <laughs> Um, Swansea are on a bit of a slump, aren't they? Although they did win at Old Trafford, didn't they, in the first game of the season? Yeah. Sigurdsson's back from suspension, but I still don't think that's going to be enough. See, I, I think Swansea might win. There's nothing to fear from United, and they're not, as we, as we, I keep saying, I'm, sure I'm not the only one, they're not playing great, and, um, you know, I don't still don't think he knows the right team, the right formation. Um, so I might... Just go for Swansea, you know. They're a good enough side and Good Johnson might make the difference. Good Johnson? For Swansea, yeah. Which Good Johnson? What did I say? Good Johnson, what's he called? Yeah. Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson, sorry, yeah. You're racist. Colcatter, Colcutter. <laughs> you can just call the whole thing off. <laughs> uh, Emma? Um, I will go... For United, I think. You're going for United. Anybody remember this game from last season? No. Yeah, this did, did, wasn't it Moyes' first game and they, they won 4 1? That's the one. Yeah. Um, it all looked so rosy then. <laughs> nothing can go wrong now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for Manchester United, though, all the same. Uh, Manchester City versus Newcastle. I think this is a Sunday game, I think. No, 5 30. Oh, 5.30. So there must be... Oh, no, you're right. Sorry. Um, Manchester City versus Newcastle. City. Newcastle go, Newcastle go in there for their obligatory tonking at Man City. I don't know. City are a funny old thing, aren't they? 
Um, they've only won two out of their last six. It seems like they, they're either all over another team or they just can't be bothered. Mm. Well, I, I can't see anything other than a quite comfortable set you in. Newcastle, the fourth worst defence. Uh, City with the second best attack. And City won this 4-0 last season. Yeah. Yeah, I think City as well. Yeah, having said that, I'm going to go City as well. <laughs> okay, so now we're under Sunday. This is Spurs versus um, West Ham. West Ham won one out of the last six. Spurs have won four out of the last six. Mm. For me, I'm going to go for Tottenham. Tottenham. Um, West, West Ham drifting a bit, aren't they? As well, a bit like Stoke. They're eighth on 30. They're only four points behind Liverpool. Yeah, but they're starting to just bob up and down a bit, I think. I thought they'd make a better fist of the FA Cup because they're definitely safe, aren't they? They're not going to go exactly. down. Yeah, they're appalling against West Brom. Yeah, I thought they'd do a whole lot better. It's very disappointing. Might see some reaction to that. Of course, West Ham won this 3-0 last season. Mm. Harry Kane scored 11 in 10. Yep. You're still going to go Spurs? Yep. Okay. Emma, would you like a stat before you make your decision? Go on then. Of their last 10 Premier League wins, Spurs have won eight of them 2 1. <laughs> um, that will help I, you. I think I'm going to have to go for Spurs as well. I think they've just got a bit more to play for, haven't they? Yeah, well, Carroll's injured as well, isn't he? I think. Mm. But Andrew, Most Andrew, likely. Adrian won his appeal for the season. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Adrian won his appeal, didn't he, for the sending off against Southampton? Mm. Which I was quite surprised at. So, yeah, I'm going to go Spurs as well. Although they're playing tonight, aren't they? Spurs are going Europa League night and then following on. They've got a good record. Have they? This season, yeah. I think they've won, they won five out of six or something like that, or four out of six of the games that came after in the group stages, I think. All oh, right, OK. Yeah, it was a good record. Um... Right, here we go. Everton versus Leicester. Mark, uh, good victory tonight, even though most of your goals are offside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, perfor- the performance yeah. um, leads me to think that perhaps uh, we should make Goodison a, an AstroTurf because, I mean, we still can't defend balls crossed into the box. But um, actually, the football side of things, we played the best we've played potentially all season tonight. Uh, and Lukaku actually looked like a footballer for once. Um, and, we, and it makes a big difference having uh, James McCarthy back in the team. He's been out for seven or eight weeks. So. You look very um, good. Going, you, we've got the ball in around the centre circle quite a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it was obviously different players. But whenever they got the ball in around the centre circle, they looked to move it forward pretty quick. Yeah, which is what we haven't been doing all season. We're so, we've been so slow and pedestrian. Um, but our, again, opposite to Tottenham, our record after European games has been a bit sticky. Yeah. Um, Leicester are going to be scrapping as well and Everton are out of the woods in the relegation fight we're on the very fringe of it at the minute um, if we play like we did tonight then I think we'll win but it's whether we can put two good performances in a row so I think on that basis I might say it'll be a draw you've failed to score in your six out of your last nine Premier League games and Leicester have only scored nine away goals all season I have to say, Leicester, a lot of the games they lose, I wouldn't say they're unlucky, but they they lose by narrow score lines. Well, the game against Palace last week, I mean, they could they could could and should have won about 5-0. Yeah. And they, they end up losing 1-0. And exactly, I've seen worse teams in the Premier League over the 20 years or so who have been, worse teams than Leicester, 
who have stayed up comfortably. Yeah. So what did you you say? You said a draw, didn't you? I'm going to say a draw because I still don't trust Everton to to stick two results together. Okay, Emma, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm going to have a bit more trust in Everton, and I'm going to go for Everton. Are you? Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> just that Leicester fit. Just think that they will have <laughs> enough, even being a bit tired after the Europa League. I think they'll still have enough to beat Leicester. I think you're right as well. Okay, last game of the weekend is Southampton versus Liverpool. Um, it's like some kind of homecoming for all the Liverpool players, isn't it? Seeing as always to play for Southampton. Let's Don't even get on the pitch. Uh, well, I don't think Lovren will. But the sailor Lana might get a bit of stick. But I, didn't he take out an advert in the paper when he left to say thank you to the Southampton fans? Which the Southampton fans hated. Why? They thought it was the biggest load of rubbish, kick in the teeth, arrogant thing to do. And if he hadn't done it, he'd probably be not as hated as he was. But because he did, they absolutely despise him. That's really... Why? Just because of the fact that he said thank you. I think it was the way it was done more than anything. I think they found it very patronising. I don't think it was... I, I agree with you. I When I, I said it quite... When he did it, I said it quite innocently to some friends that are Saints fans and they ripped my head off. Bloody hell. If they rip your head off, knowing what you're like. <laughs> what are your friends like? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I agree with you. I thought it was a nice gesture, but apparently not. Oh, right. Um, Liverpool have got 14 out of the last 18 points available. Southampton have only won one in their last three, so mm. are the wheels coming off? We said that before, before Christmas when they lost about five in a row and then they, they bounced back again. I think it'd be a tight game. I think it's going to be a draw. You think it'll be a draw, do you? I think Southampton will win because Liverpool are playing tonight. Plus it's at Southampton. What do you reckon, Emma? I'll be different. I'll go for Liverpool then. Okay, right. Well, we'll see how they get on. Um, there are predictions. Ross and the guys will be back over the weekend to discuss those. Uh, and we'll see how we get on on Monday morning. Anybody got anything else they want to say, add, any of the business? Nope. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Uh, right, well, me and Mark are going to go and study an atlas now. Um, you, you go ahead. I, I know exactly where Calcutta Kolkata is. <laughs> All right, I will. This is, I'm shamefacedly going there. <laughs> uh, Mark, if anybody wants to um, come onto Twitter and tell you whereabouts it really is, where do they find you? They can find me at the Football Pink. At the Football Pink. Okay, Emma, where, where do they go to find you? At Mwebs. Okay. Uh, still lots of issue sevens of the Football Pink go? Um, yes, but dwindling quickly. So, so anybody interested, then go to the website, footballpink.net, um, and that's how you get hold of it. Okay, excellent. Right, Ross and the boys will be back on uh, Sunday, like I said. Uh, so this will, uh, their edition will be available to download on uh, Monday. If you do like what you hear, uh, please go to iTunes and rate and review us. All the five-star ratings get us moved further up the chart, and they're very, very much appreciated. We do... Uh, we do read them all we do appreciate each and every single one that we get um, manofthepost.com is the website at manofthepost is the twitter handle uh, thank you ever so much for listening and always remember to keep your man on the post <laughs>